Welcome. I'm Warren Odess Gillette, and this is A Baha'i Perspective. Welcome to A Baha'i Perspective. I recorded an interview with Peter Joulet on November 9th, 2020. Peter is a writer, educator, poet, and musician from Australia. He has a degree in philosophy and likes to delve into the deeper aspects of life and express his insights. He is author of the work A Path to Seek and The Baha'i Approach to Spiritual Transformation, Walking the Mystical Path with Practical Feet. We feature both works in the interview. We also feature Peter reading one of his poems and we play one of his musical pieces. I started the interview by asking Peter where he grew up and what was religious life like growing up. I grew up in Newcastle in Australia. Religious life, well, I guess as a child I grew up in the Anglican church. At different stages in my childhood, my family and I went to church, sometimes on a regular basis, but sometimes not. But at that time my understanding of religion was quite superficial, I'd say. And my conception of God was quite simplistic, yeah. And what was your spiritual journey that led you to the Baha'i faith? Well, after my younger childhood, uh, as an adolescent, I became a staunch atheist. Then in my, I guess, later teens, early 20s, I became agnostic and I started, well, actually, I started having these um, experiences where I'd see the number one, like 111 repeated, like I'd randomly look at the time and it would be 1111, or I'd get my blood pressure checked and it would, was uh, 111. So these things sort of opened me up to the idea that, for me, I concluded that there must be some kind of higher power controlling my life and at that time I didn't want to call it God but it was some kind of power and then you know eventually I recognized that all of the religions were speaking about that power so I kind of searched through a lot of the different religions of the world and eventually I actually had almost given up <laughs> the search for a faith that kind of spoke to me on all levels and then just after I'd given up the search I came across the Baha'i faith yeah and what was it about the Baha'i faith that, that you latched onto that you didn't with the other religions that you had investigated? Yeah, I guess at that stage in my quest, I had realized the importance of service in the world. And I did know about some things about the Baha'i faith. And then I recalled that Baha'is are very much engaged in service to their community and the world at large. And are working towards world unity. So even before I became a Baha'i, that idea was really important to me. So that's what really got me initially involved in Baha'i activities. Yeah. And Peter, you studied philosophy in college. What was it that interested you in philosophy such that you wanted to study it in college? Well, in my teenage years, I really started, you know, thinking deeply about life and the big questions, uh, which that led me to being an atheist because I questioned my simplistic notion of God I had as a child and realized that that God didn't exist. And I'd probably say that's true now, <laughs> that that simplistic God doesn't exist. That was all I really cared about in my teenage years. And after I finished high school, I'd just wanted to discover the truth about life. In the last year of high school, we attended, the university had an open day and each faculty gave a little presentation and I was just really impressed with the, the philosophy one and I felt kind of at home, like I'd, I fit in somewhere. So I, mm -hmm. I went along with it. So what inspired you to write The Baha'i Approach to Spiritual Transformation, which uh, the subtitle is Walking the Mystical Path with Practical Feet? 
like I mentioned, my way into the Baha'i faith was initially through um, the service component of it. But before, earlier in my spiritual quest, I was very much interested in the, the mystical traditions of the world religions, and I sort of got involved in Zen Buddhism, and I did reading into Sufism. So I already had that interest before I became a Baha'i. And one of the texts that I connected with early on as a Baha'i was the Seven Valleys, and all of the mystical works of Baha'u'llah, I have always felt a deep connection with that. And I guess from the very beginnings of being a Baha'i and up until now, I've just always been trying to learn about this mystical aspect, which it says is the kind of central aspect, as I understand it, that all the other parts of the Baha'i religion revolve around. So, you know, over the years, I've just been trying to put together the pieces of the so-called puzzle. What is spiritual transformation? What is being transformed when you say spiritual transformation? It's all centered around God. God is the pinnacle of reality. So transformation entails approaching God and reaching a state of closeness to God. I do explain in that the book that in some forms of spirituality and mysticism that it is expressed as sort of becoming God or uniting completely with God. But in the Baha'i sense, God is an unknowable essence. So we can never become God, but we can become God-like because we've all been created in his image and we all possess the attributes of God within us. And it's through the manifestation of God, figures like Abraham and Krishna, Buddha, Muhammad and Baha'u'llah, who are able to perfectly mirror those qualities of God, which we can also call virtues. So essentially, becoming spiritually transformed is actualizing those spiritual qualities that, that are within all of us. As we actualize those, we're able to see those qualities out in the world. And the way I understand it is that the journey towards spiritual growth is both an inward journey and an outward journey because the transformation occurs within us, within each individual soul, but that transformation is not able to happen unless we are engaged with other people doing things in the outside world. And so that's why you mean walking the mystical path with practical feet? Yeah, I mean, in some orders of mysticism or religion, people who are devoted to the spiritual life seclude themselves with the aim of spiritualizing themselves, which is understandable because the world is full of, it's very busy, it's, there's a lot of turmoil and confusion, so these people want to simplify their lives and make it obvious to themselves that they are devoted to spiritual growth. But this is kind of, from a Baha'i perspective, denying the whole purpose of creation, that you know God has created the universe for our spiritual training. So by isolating ourselves, we're kind of limiting the opportunities that we would have to develop spiritual qualities and also test those qualities because in living in isolation we're not able to gauge how developed we are because we're not tested by the challenges of life you know so peter would you like to read an excerpt from the baha'i approach to spiritual transformation walking the mystical path with practical feet well okay so this is a uh, an excerpt which relates back to what I was talking about, spiritual transformation and the place of God in, in that transformation. Okay, since God created the universe, like any creator, his signs are spread throughout his creation. 
Everything possesses at least one of God's divine qualities. And this is the way that God can be known and experienced. There are plenty of experiences that we have of these signs. When we witness kind deeds of the purest intention, our spine tingles. Why? Because we are directly experiencing an attribute of God, divorced from the tainted deeds of everyday life. This is profound. This is a godly trait that we have encountered. This is, is an experience of God, not of his essence, but of his qualities. When we go out into nature, we encounter many of the attributes of God, and they sing to us with melodies that penetrate our soul because they are disassociated from the worldly way of man-made things. The mountains manifest God's majesty, the rose his beauty, the ocean his grandeur. God's signs, his attributes, are everywhere. Hence, knowing God is knowing his attributes. Experiencing God is experiencing his attributes. Being God-like is possessing his attributes. So we just heard Peter Joulet read from his book, The Baha'i Approach to Spiritual Transformation, Walking the Mystical Path with Practical Feet. Peter, another book that you had written is called Now and Then, An Integrated Approach to Every Moment. What is this book about? This is about the concept of time and mindfulness. So, as I mentioned before, I was a Baha'i. I was interested in other spiritualities, and one of the key practices that I was involved in was you know, meditation and mindfulness development. And I, I investigated this in, you know, the Buddhist tradition and some more modern uh, spiritual teachers. And I, and I definitely agree with a lot of what they say. And uh, still today, I <laughs> I do my best to practice mindfulness and develop my meditation skills. And I definitely see that being present in the moment is such a crucial part of being true to reality and also being fulfilled but i also see that perhaps we shouldn't like all things we shouldn't take one thing to the exclusion of other other points of view so central to the concept of this book is basically regardless of what we can say about whether time exists or what it is you know we have this human experience of the flux of life which we call the past, present, and the future. And we really sort of can't deny that we have to live life and accept these dimensions of the thing that we call time. And so while we only directly experience the present, we also we understand that things will come into being, so the future will come into being, and things have passed through the present. So that means to me that, yes, we need to be anchored in the present. We need to practice mindfulness, but we also need to learn how to effectively plan for the future and utilize the past through basically positive reflection. To me, we need to basically live a, an integrated life where we integrate past, present, and future. Would you like to read an excerpt from Now and Then, An Integrated Approach to Every Moment? Um, this is a, an excerpt of the book which basically explains it in a nutshell. While the value of mindfulness is acknowledged, this is not another book exclusively about mindfulness. There are enough of those around, many of which are excellent contributions to human learning and progression. But we don't really need yet another book to tell us to be present. After we've read a book or two, we just need to be present. Of course, we can go back to those books to help us gain focus, but in the end, we have to put down the books and be. The purpose of this book is broader than mindfulness. Though mindfulness does offer a way out of inner suffering, and indeed the chance of very deep inner transformation, a life focused solely on mindfulness is rather one-dimensional, as to an extent it ignores the other spectrums of time 
and other dimensions of ourselves. This book, then, seeks to offer a more expansive and integrated approach to life, and in particular, this thing we call time. So we just heard Peter Joulet read from his book, Now and Then, An Integrated Approach to Every Moment. And he also is the author of The Baha'i Approach to Spiritual Transformation, Walking the Mystical Path with Practical Feet. Peter, another work that you produced is something called Two Worlds Beyond the Blue Veil. What is this book about? Without giving too much away, the the real motivating drive behind this book is the concept that here on Earth, we live under this beautiful blue sky, but in another sense, the blue sky kind of limits our um, concept of reality and experience of the universe. So when the sun goes down, the stars come out, which presents this boundless universe to us, which is a very mind-expanding experience. But at nighttime is when we sleep. So I've always pondered this sort of idea that what would it be like if we were nocturnal and we lived at night and looked up at the, the stars, would that have an effect on our level of consciousness or not? So that's what the book explores. And it's um, about a young woman named Suyin, set in the future when the Earth's temperature has risen and sea levels have risen. So this uh, character Suyin has just finished high school and she lives in a city called New Sid, which is Sydney, which has been moved to higher ground because of the, the rising sea levels. And she's a bit lost with what she's going to do in, in life. Her friends all know what they're doing. They're enrolling in different university courses. She's always been a deep thinker, but also a bit of a rebel. Now she finds herself really not knowing where she fits in. And on the train, she comes upon a paper notice, which is very unusual at this time because it's a place of neon signs and uh, everything's digital. But she finds this paper notice on a train and it's basically asking for someone to join a mission into space through a recently discovered wormhole. She fits the description, but there's no contact details. So part of the task is for her to figure out how to contact the recruitment team. Would you like to read an excerpt? Okay, let me let me find some. Okay, so this is about talking about Su Yin's state at the beginning of the her, her sort of mental state at the beginning of the novel. After circling almost the entire circumference of the lake, she saw the reflection of the evening star in the darkening water. She sat on the ground with her legs crossed and her back straight and gazed at the sky with constant awareness. She wasn't consciously trying to meditate. She just had the urge to empty herself of all her thoughts and embrace the sky with her eyes, with her whole being. More stars gradually appeared, those bright enough to shine through the layer of man-made gases and light fixed above the earth. Before she was aware of it, the sky had become a near-black canvas splattered with blurred sparkles. She was mesmerized by the distant suns that had not only made their way across the galaxy, but also through the Earth's veil. She continued to watch without any thoughts intruding, then breathed in deeply and let out a sigh, doing so again and again for a couple of minutes. Then a voice inside her said, You will be okay. You've got time to figure things out. A sense of relief entered her heart. Yes, I'll be okay. And if I'm not, that's okay too. We're floating in an infinite universe. What importance does my tiny little life have anyway? 
if I stayed here in this one spot for the rest of my life, the world would still spin round and all these stars would continue to shine. Why do people get so worked up about their puny little lives? So we just heard Peter Jule read from his novel, Two Worlds Beyond the Blue Veil. And he's also the author of the book, The Baha'i Approach to Spiritual Transformation, Walking the Mystical Path with Practical Feet. Now, Peter, you're also a poet. And do you have a favorite poem you'd like to share? I wouldn't call myself a poet, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I write some poetry now and again. Yeah, I'll, I'll share one. Okay, so this is called Who Stole My Beloved's Gaze? Divergent forms swirl and cling to everything in my abode. My prayer room has been ransacked by a drunken thief. My prayer book wiped of every word. My prayer beads tattered and scattered on the floor. My prayer rug hanging heedlessly on the wall. Who is this sinister intruder? Who stole my beloved's gaze? There are many ways to lose him, but only few to find him. Lifeless and drained, I make every pained effort on my knees in search of every bead. Painstakingly, I urge every word to return. I tear the prayer rug from the wall and slump prostrated on the floor in sobbing tears before the one I most adore. Will grace or my will bring me back to him? Will desire or patience satiate this separation? So we just heard Peter Joulet read from one of his poems from his collection, and he's also the author of The Baha'i Approach to Spiritual Transformation, Walking the Mystical Path with Practical Feet. Peter, what inspired you to write that poem? Uh, I guess it's depicting the sort of disappointment we can feel when we're trying to approach God and draw closer to Him, but whatever gets in the way gets in the way, and we, we can feel a bit lost and, and down about that. I guess it also depicts that longing is still there, even though we, we feel that separation is, is also highlighting the longing that we feel, which is, which is a good thing, because if we don't feel that separation from God, if we're, if we're living a materialistic life, forgetful of God, but feeling kind of like everything's fine, then we're not going to approach God. So this feeling of separation, I think, has an important role for us. In this mystical path that you speak of, the very characteristic of it is in some ways pain and suffering in order to become a spiritual being. Like any illness, if the symptom is there to indicate that something's wrong. So the darkness we feel when we're separated from God is, is a sign that we need to draw closer to Him. So Peter, you're also a singer-songwriter, and I'd like to feature one of your songs on the interview. And so the song is called Beg. Before we play the song, can you Tell us what inspired you to write this song and what should folks listen for when they hear the song in this interview. Okay, so these are the words of the Bab. It's mm -hmm. a prayer from the Bab. So the Bab is a manifestation of God who came just before Baha'u'llah to announce to the world that a greater manifestation of God was to come to the world and bring peace to the world. So the Bab was somewhat like John the Baptist, who was prophesizing that the Messiah would come. The Bab was prophesizing that Baha'u'llah would come. I like this prayer because it's very short. It's asking for forgiveness from God for the fact that we constantly forget God. <laughs> so it's basically asking for forgiveness, but also calling us to remember God, I think, all the time. Beg 
website, petergexpressions.com, which I'll include the link in the post. What would people find if they land on your website? Okay, well, I try to post at least once a month, and I like to post kind of short little thought pieces. I do write for some other online platforms, but what I like about my blog is that I don't have an editor. <laughs> I feel a bit free to just, you know, express things in the way that I would like and, and not have to write things that are too long. So I think it's it's good for me and the reader. I do have links to my books there and my poems, and there's a contact form. Well, Peter Julay, thank you so much for taking this time to share your work with us. It's very interesting. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Peter Jule, educator, author, poet, and philosopher. You can find him online at petergexpressions.com. That's Peter, G as in George, expressions.com. You can find this interview and other interviews on the website abahaiperspective.com and on the YouTube channel abahaiperspective. For information specifically on the Baha'i Faith, you can go to the website baha'i.org or you can call the number 1-800-22-UNITE. I hope you join me next time on A Baha'i Perspective.
concealed, concealed, concealed within the darkness of its sheet. Hidden, 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 its value hidden from the artificer's knowledge.
No doubt. Differentiated the many ways to raise it. Cause losing the weight and make it only hurts where you wanna take it. I've been giving something I should hold sacred. And if I don't take it, then this opportunity goes wasted. It's so basic, the meaning is made with a gesture. Invaded from the West and demonstrated with aggression. Feel the trace of the weapon, it reiterates a message. A little bit of effort for the outline of session. It's now time to let it begin. Head to the wind. The second I stand, see less of a plan. It don't matter though. In that direction lies the answer, so you have to go. And for protection's sake, you never take the path and hold. Let the method make you less, and then you'll be the last to know. Some of us have nothing but a word will make us have it all. Pass it all. Time to focus now. That's what we spoke about. Scoping out the whole zone now. No doubt. No doubt. Time to mellow out. Mellow out. Dark space, awake for them, vacillating Half a day wasted, asking a favor of validation, a plate of the base Nature, rate the arms in my low end Chrome plated and shown places they afraid to go in A 21st century fox Rocking the lambs, wore the song channel The palm planted on the handle The panel host supposedly channeled the Holy Ghost I'm down with your stand close And get your crown rose You heard sir, prefer a touch of swerving the verb I learned respect come first and the chat come third Now what's the worth of a bush full of birds To the one you don't snap with every last one come when I clap But they we from the sun It's unpunished for that Seen it happen at the pinpoint Pushed in the map Travel the globe around Loaded so I know what it's about Throw a spark and turn the cold as devout No doubt No doubt No doubt Time to mellow out Yeah, I burn a few waiting on my turn In certitude Searching for a heaven Ever since interring Gertrude Went to pin the worst to the dirge And dreamt of the image of innocence Intense but forgive my indifference Something about I heard it before, you all the same And I told her we never spoken, so you must be mistaken I thought maybe she turned away for modesty's sake Yet as she wept, I saw my name alone the nape of her neck For pardon, I pleaded, evidently she and I were friends With ten straps between this apparition and the one then Would have been little more than a bench Had I not mentioned, I'ma let feelings start creeping in The act reciprocated when the weight stacked Bent like a paperback, get away the kid made tracks Afraid to speak a name vaguely, I recall her being faith. Let me hold out, I'm moving slower now, no doubt uh, Lost touch but never lost hope Found direction and respect for the presence of crossroads Guilt gone, so will be the hill the house is built on Matters not infinite, my center swimming the simmer on Agent they disintegrate, all the weak of dust Pull the touch, wait until the wind pick up It's possibly be progeny in the gust Blowing about when he show, pulling photos out with no doubt Oh, 
Shut up. 